That's right. It's time for Wake Up to the Word. You have stumbled upon us. Coming to you deep from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex. We have weathered the storm and we have survived. It is August 31st, Thursday, August 31st. It is Old Testament Thursday and we are so glad you have joined us. Hurricane Idalia has done her damage in the big bend of Florida, the armpit of the state, if you will. Um, not uh, not negative, but positionally. Um, yeah, some damage there. Praying for those folks. A lot of a lot of damage. A lot of houses uh, damaged and. Um, and uh, Samaritan's Purse headed there, praying for their impact uh, on people, both uh, in the physical and in the spiritual. And, um, yeah, potentially uh, doing what you can do to uh, support that. So, <clears throat> But we are on Old Testament Thursday and coming to the end of August, the last, the last of August, and uh, I got to get working on my uh, next quarter because I only got one month left, and I got to got to redo that because I, as I said, I lost it. I can't find it anywhere. So anyway, uh, this is the end of Judges. We read all of Ruth and start on Samuel. So you really had some good stuff going on there. There was some great stuff going on, and and uh, uh, as we come to twenty one, the end of Judges. Uh, probably a little confusing, and I know for me, I had to, to kind of dig in a little bit and say, what the heck is going on here? So, uh, now the men of Israel had sworn at Mizpah, no one of us shall give his daughters in marriage to the to Benjamin. And the people came to Bethel and sat there till evening before God, and they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. And they said, oh, they said, oh Lord, the God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel that today there should be one tribe lacking in Israel? Well, uh, Benjamin didn't come down and they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, meet with them. And so um, this is essentially, this is a great lesson uh, in that they're going on emotion and they're making their decision on emotion and they, they, someone yells out, well, we're not going to give them any of our women for wives. And everyone went, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get them. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, this kind of mob rule mentality uh, kind of leaves you with the, with the consequences of your decision. I don't know how many parents we have out there. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I remember, uh, back in the day, young, young, young boys I have, and, uh, you know, they would do something and they'd make me angry. And I, in my emotion would, would dole out the law, would dole out the punishment. And then I'd go off to work and leave Stacy to, to enforce the punishment and not understanding the consequences. Obviously, we work through that. You know, I tell him, you can't go outside 
for the for the all week you can't go outside you have to stay inside and 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 now Stacy's got to be they they don't get any break they don't go outside they don't get to go play and so Stacy's got to deal with them in the house under her feet uh tripping over them uh, well, what do I have? nothing to do nothing to do and so you know it, it, she has to deal with the consequences of my emotional decision and so uh, we worked through that. Try, it went with a whole different way of punishing. So, But that's essentially what went on here. Someone yelled out, this is a great punishment. And then they realized, we've now left. and We've destined an entire tribe of the nation of Israel to destruction. They're, they're, they're basically, they're done. They're, they're not going to survive. And so the consequences of their actions... Now they now they don't want to go back on their on their vow. They made a vow before God. So instead of repenting and re, 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 um, revoking the vow, repenting before God, giving sacrifice and saying, "You know, we made a mistake. We 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 got and we will now do this." No, no, they they they're, they're realizing they made a mistake. But they're they're but but oh no, but we we're, we're not going back on the vow. We're not going to say that we were wrong. We're going to move forward and find another gonna find another way around it so so now they go and they they destroy a whole nother tribe and take their single women so they make a second bad decision to fix the first bad decision and isn't that sometimes what we do all the time we make a bad decision and now we don't know how to fix this bad decision so we make another ra irrational emotional decision to fix the rational decision. And so it goes, you go through that and they find out that, they, that now they have to lure more women, uh, the dancing women, the dancers. They have to lure them. I don't have any dancing music. I don't think I do. I don't know what the, No, I don't have any. Oh, well. I failed at dancing music. I, I should have looked that up. So, um, and so then when we come to the end of Judges, and in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Here's, here's the big lesson. Here's the big lesson. Mob rule doesn't work. Majority ruling doesn't work. There has to be leadership. You have to have leadership. Leaderless people make bad decisions because the emotions are the ones that run it. We even see this in our nation, is that, you know, the screams of, uh, you know, and I'm not going to get political, but the reason for the electoral college is to make sure that it's not mob rule. Uh, we have a, a democratic republic, a representative, leaders representing the whole, and the whole electing the leaders. And that's a biblical model. And so uh, that's why I bring it up. But when people say, oh, yeah, you get popular vote, electoral college, leaders are supposed to lead. Now, if you put bad leaders in, you get bad leadership. That's also biblical. And so we see that coming up in the books to follow. Okay, first, before we move on from, from uh, Judges, and that's the end of Judges, before we go to Ruth, I want to talk about my coffee of the week again. I'm going to get the same one I got last week. I ground up more beans. I really like it. It's a Trader Joe's Five Country Coffee. And um, and, and and I told you, it's like Guatemala and, and uh, you know, uh, the five countries. I don't remember them, so I'm sorry. 
but it is a great coffee, and uh, my friend Kent gave me that. And but I, I do say on the container it says from Trader Joe's, and you get the beans and and, the, and I got a grinder and I grind them up, and it's 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 awesome. And I didn't uh, get us into the word again, so I gotta. Sometimes I got so many things going on, I, I forget to push all the buttons. Being my own producer, I, 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 uh, I <laughs> one day, one day we'll get enough people viewing that I'll have, I'll be able to hire a producer. <laughs> so uh, right now that ain't happening. I can tell you right now. But we have passed sixteen hundred. We're sixteen fifty now. Heading and and I did a little uh, research uh, to kind of figure out. Um, we're getting an excess of, of 600 views a week uh, on per the two episodes. And so I'm just so excited about that. I, I, I You know, when you look at it, it kind of increments slowly. You kind of go, okay, I don't know what that... But I counted the weeks that we've been doing it in the, in the whole amount of views. And we're getting over 600 views a week. So I am just blessed beyond uh, imagination that uh, thank you so much that you would entrust me to come and, and view and watch and and listen and uh, however you take this in and um, just very very uh, humbled that 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 many people would would come and, and watch uh, or just listen so um, thank you thank you so much love you all and uh, just so appreciative and. Um, yeah, we keep throwing the commercials in there, and I don't know if you hear them or not. I put them in every episode, and that that uh, actually uh, helps a little bit. Um, not a whole lot, but um, maybe if we build it up, it becomes more. So uh, the my coffee thing is not a commercial. I, I, it is not a paid sponsor, so you know. All right, back to Ruth, the book of Ruth, Naomi and Ruth. Great story. A woman and her son, uh, a woman is widowed, her sons all die, and he, she has two daughters, um, Orpa and Ruth. Uh, Naomi is the widow. And uh, oddly enough, a uh, little trivia here, uh, this is where uh, Oprah Winfrey's mother got the name for Oprah. Uh, she just didn't write it down correctly because Orpa is, is the name, but this is where she got it. I heard the story once years and years ago. Uh, she she uh, just wrote it down wrong, and Oprah became Oprah. So, um, well, there you go. So, a little uh, useless trivia. You're welcome, Chewy. Um, so, uh, there we go. Uh, so, the, 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 the three of them are widows. Uh, Orpa... Uh, after urging from Naomi, returns to her land, but Ruth will not return. And this famous um, uh, line, I really love this declaration, uh, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you. This is uh, verse 16 of chapter 1 of the book of Ruth. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. There is a declaration of faith right there. Um, that uh, yes, she has faith in Naomi. Yes, she one doesn't want to leave her, but she wants to follow her God, and that is uh, exactly what we're called to do. This is that discipleship in a nutshell. Uh, 
Paul writes the same thing in uh, 1 Corinthians um, uh, 11, 1, 10, 1, I forget. But anyways, it says, uh, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. This is discipleship. This is what God's called us to do. Make disciples. And um, we're always supposed to be prepared to give reason for our hope. And we're supposed to make disciples. And this is what Naomi does. She is a godly woman who follows God so much that that uh, Ruth does not want to leave her, uh, wants to go with her because she is a disciple of Naomi. So now they're going to go to a different land. Uh, so uh, uh, they came to Bethlehem and then to, uh, she's recognized there. They say, hey, hey, Naomi, how you doing? No, call me Mara. I'm bitter um, and because of all the calamity that's come on her. Uh, so they went on. Um, Naomi uh, had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of El Elamite, sorry, Elamelech, whose name was Boaz. And so they went to where Boaz lived, and um, uh, they uh, Ruth. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And <clears throat> behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord, uh, the Lord bless you. So you can see that Boaz is a godly man. And what this means, if you don't understand the terminology, is that um, there are reapers in the field, and they're coming through, and they're, they're, they're reaping, they're, they're harvesting the field. And what happens behind the reapers is uh, the, some of the stuff falls on the ground. And so they allow the people, the poor, to glean the droppings, what falls, because the big bushels are going to go into the wagons and <coughs> they're going to go into the, oh my goodness, that was loud. They're going to, they're going to go in, wait a minute, where am I, what am I doing here? That's reverb, I don't want that. They're going to go into, uh, now I'm feeding back, there you go. They're going to go into the threshing uh, floor and they're going to be, processed and then then the the wheat's going to be taken um, but what she's doing is she's gleaning and gleaning is she gets to pick up what falls so she's following the reapers and this is something that uh, uh, people who have land people who harvest they're called to do by God by through the law in order to support uh, the poor, in order for the poor to have somewhere to go, uh, and and they they get they get both the dignity of work that they have to go and pick it all up, and they also get some generosity from people who have means. So, um, and this is something that we don't get here in our country, and other countries do get that. We want to both give help and dignity, dignity of work doing something for what you get. So we want to help, but there has to be some kind of, of work ethic put in it. 
And you can't just get something for nothing. That 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 ruins someone's self-esteem. It makes them seem worthless, and it makes them feel like a, they're constantly a victim. And this is what uh, America has slunk into. Sorry, didn't mean to get political. But it's not to me. It's biblical. It, it's not. A, it's not a political statement. It's a biblical statement. It's truth. It's God's principles, and those things. Uh, tr- uh, cascade. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Those things transfer over culture and time and language, and the principles don't stop. They keep going. They, they. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are, or what you do. This is a godly principle that yes, we help the poor, but you don't rob them of their dignity. Give them something to do within your generosity. You let them feel like they have value, like they have dignity, like they have, they're not a victim, but they are working towards the help that you're giving them. Okay, enough there. She goes to the field, she follows the reapers, she gleans from them, and Boaz notices her, and uh, um, she uh, identifies who she is. He does more favors for her. And, and lets her get more and tells the, the leaders of the Reapers, yeah, let her have even some of the good stuff. Let her give her that. And knows who she is. And um, and, and then uh, Naomi tells Ruth, you know, go go with him. He's going to go do the threshing and all of that. He's going to oversee that. And then he's going to eat and he's going to drink. And he's going to, here's that word again. He ate and drank until his heart was merry. His heart was merry. Um, so, you know, he, 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 yeah, he had a little, he had a little bit and, and then he laid down. So, you know, uh, not cavorting and going, hanging out. So she went to him and yes, this is a setup, no doubt about it, but he is what is known in old Testament times. And this is a type to point to Jesus, the savior. He's a kinsman redeemer. He's a redeemer. And you see him say that. In here, uh, Naomi, this is all the way up in 20, end of 20. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. He's a kinsman redeemer, a relative redeemer. And uh, and so uh, the way the law works is if a man uh, dies and leaves his wife, then a brother, a kinsman can take her in in order to... Uh, keep that line going. Keep the keep the uh, the offspring going. Keep the line, the name going, the tribe going. And so this is how this was perpetuated. This is a totally legal thing, but there was an order to it. And so Boaz, being an honorable man, doesn't doesn't take her at that point. Sends her back and gives her more food. Um, and <clears throat> but says that there's another one who's actually closer, and and you need to go to him or I'm going to go talk with him first. And so then you see in chapter four, uh, the whole deal is laid out because there's property involved as well, property that belonged to Naomi's husband and her sons. And so, but they're all dead. So now she can't deal with the property. It goes to the next kinsman redeemer. And so um, he offers that property, the property he says, yes, I'll take the property. He says, well, there's a woman, there's women that come with that property because 
they need a redeemer as well. You know, I can't, I can't do that. I, I, I'm not in a position to do that. And so yes, so yes, it falls to you. And then the old sandal, the sandal exchange, uh, the exchange sandals, and I don't, you know, how that works. You get someone who walks in a sandal for years, especially they're made of leather. They're formed to the feet. You get the sandal, and well, it's not even the right size. It doesn't fit. It's got to kind of reform. I don't know. It's weird, but that's that was the custom. So the old sandal exchange is done in front of the elders. There's witnesses, and it falls to them. And so Ruth, um, Ruth and Boaz, Ruth and Boaz marry, and there's blessings. And uh, then, as we get to the end of the story, chapter four, the genealogy. Now, these are the generations of Perez. Perez, father of Hezron. Hezron, father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab. Minadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, who we're just dealing with in Ruth, and Boaz, the father of Obed, and Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. And you cross-reference that in Matthew 1, 2 through 5, and you'll see the name Ruth mentioned there, in there, and uh, that is this whole story is the story of Jesus and his great-grandmother, right? Boaz, father of Obed. Ruth is Jesse's grandmother. And King David is his great-grandmother, is Ruth, not Jesus. David, I meant. If I said Jesus, I that was a mistake. So, yeah. Okay, on to Samuel. Great story, Samuel. There was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jerahoam, son of Elihu, son of Tahu, son of Zuf, son of Ephrathite, and had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Okay, so that's the setup for the whole thing. And uh, so um, now this man uh, used to go up years uh, to worship the sacrifice to the Lord at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas. That actually sounds like cartoon. Is there a cartoon, Hophni and Phineas? I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, they were priests of the Lord, and um, these guys were bad dudes. Uh, they were they were skulking the offering, taking the best for themselves, not offering what was should have been offered to the Lord. They were being selective in what they got. And, and and taking the best for themselves. And uh, Eli did not warn them. But the story here at the beginning is, uh, is, is somewhat about them. We'll get to them in a minute. But Hannah um, prays and commits to the Lord at Shiloh. Um, 
I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. So she says, if you'll give me a child. You know, she's getting mocked by the women. Sometimes women are tough, man, I tell you. And they're mocked by the other woman that she doesn't have any children. And so she prays and prays and prays diligently, and God gives her a child. And then after the child is weaned, she takes him up and hands him over um, to uh, Eli, Samuel given to the Lord. And so uh, the man Elkanah and, and his house went up to offer to the Lord. As soon as the child was weaned, I'll bring him. I just I just said that. That's in uh, the end of chapter one. Then Hannah's prayer. There's one part in Hannah's prayer that I kind of like. It's the... Uh, what do we got going on here? There we are. It's one part in Hannah's prayer that I really like. Uh, just some of the things. If you take the little segments out, and it says, uh, uh, verse 3 of chapter 2, Talk no more very proudly. Let, let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. And uh, I just like that that part is that, you know, don't, don't speak of what you don't know. And so... Um, that her, she continues on with her prayer, and uh, Eli's worthless son, chapter twelve, worth worthless sons, and it talks about what they do and their sin, and uh, like I said, they kept taking what was not theirs by the by the law, and then uh, Eli rebukes his sons, and then at the end it talks about Samuel a little bit more. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? That's Samuel. Sorry, I've joined in the wrong place. That's Sam Eli talking to his sons. Uh, but they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death, because they just wouldn't listen. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. What does that sound like? Yep, Jesus, exactly. Uh, Luke 2.52, and Jesus uh, increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and men. Um, <clears throat> that's right directly from there, 1 Samuel 2.26. Um, uh, the Lord rejects Eli's household, um, and then the Lord calls Samuel. This is a great exchange in chapter 3 of Samuel. This is the, the last chapter we're going to talk about today. Um, I, I love this exchange. Um, uh, now the boy Samuel, this is chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to, to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. So we got two things going on here. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. It's The word of the Lord, we've talked about this. When you go to John chapter 1, verse 1, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, we get those bonus episodes, that, that uh, intro episode, and we talk about this word of the Lord. And it's not just um, informational. It's not just communicational. Uh, the word of the Lord can mean a physical appearance of Jesus, the word of the Lord. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You see a persona for the word of the Lord. And so here, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. And so 
he didn't appear, he didn't show himself, he didn't reveal himself. So, and the other part of it is, it wasn't that rare before. It's rare now, but it wasn't that rare before. And so, and we, we know that from what we've read with Moses and with um, Aaron and and so uh, Joshua, uh, all of that. We know that the, the God did appear, Jesus did appear, pre-incarnate Christ did appear. And so now we get down to the part where... Um, uh, Eli's laying down and Samuel's laying down and Samuel gets called, uh, gets called by name, Samuel. And he keeps going up and going to Eli. This is a back and forth three or four times. And then Eli finally tells him, when he calls you, say, here I am, Lord. Uh, <clears throat> and so the Lord called Samuel. Samuel rose. Oh, that's the last one. Um, uh, eight. And the Lord's called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli, and that's, again, so he said, Eli gives him the instruction, and he says to him, if he calls you again, uh, say, here I am, Lord. So the Lord, um, trying to find it, sorry, um, there it is, it was in between pages, that's why I had trouble. Uh, so go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant here. So Samuel went and laid down in his place, and the Lord came and stood. Very important. This is verse 10. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears you. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do things. And so he, t he talks to him. But what I want to bring up is the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. So he's right there, a physical term. It uses Yahweh. Yahweh came and stood, okay? So he's standing there, and that's very important. Um... As we understand that now Samuel is a prophet of God. Uh, talks all about the sons and how they blaspheme God. And, and, they, and then he's got to go tell Eli. He fills Eli in, which he had already been told. And then at the end of chapter 3, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And here we go. 21, last verse of this chapter. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's break that down. Lord, L-O-R-D, when you see it, all caps, Lord, that's Yahweh. That's, their, that's, that's how the English version does Yahweh. So if we translate that, and the Lord and Yahweh appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord, Yahweh, revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of Yahweh. So, the word of Yahweh is how Yahweh, this is the other Yahweh, how Yahweh revealed himself to Samuel, okay? And this is this is an incredible distinction. There's... um. 
books written by Jews called the uh, the other Yahweh, the second Yahweh. And this is one of those references. This is one of those things that ties this together. And uh, I saw a, a Jewish rabbi uh, speaking and he got questioned about uh, Jesus being the Messiah. And uh, he talked about the, the Trinity and how this is an impossibility for God to to uh, uh, to be multifaceted. But it's verses like this, both in Hebrew and in English, that reveal this other Yahweh, the word of Yahweh. And so uh, the word of Yahweh is how the, the, the son portion of the Trinity, that second portion of the Trinity, how Yahweh, the glory, uh, his glory remained in, in heaven and how Yahweh could interact with men. And so that's this portion of the Trinity. So uh, I know it's a little thick, but these kind of verses, as you intersect them, when you see that, and it's not every time, I want to warn you, it's not every time, but in this particular case, a couple of places here in Samuel, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord is the second Yahweh, is the pre-incarnate Christ. We call him Jesus, which is a whole nother lesson. Uh, that's, a, that's an English name for Yeshua. It was Yeshua, which English we say Joshua. It was Yeshua, then it was Yezu in Greek, and then we then it got turned into Jesus and all these names are pointing to this Yahweh, the word of Yahweh, the word of Yahweh. And so there we have it. That's what we got for today. How, how long did we go? 33 minutes. Okay, a little longer. You don't mind. It was good stuff though, wasn't it? All right, hang with us. Love you guys so much. And it is Old Testament Thursday, August 31st, and this is episode... 69 I believe OT 69 love you we'll see you tomorrow New Testament Friday can't wait see you then